Hey, what's happening? It's Unleashed with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco, episode 54 for Sunday. That's right, we're doing a Sunday, December 4th, 2022. And the reason we're doing it is because the baseball winter meetings are starting on Monday from San Diego. And I want to give you a full breakdown of what we're hearing, the latest on Aaron Judge, who are the Giants pursuing. I don't believe that Barry Bonds is getting in the Hall of Fame. We've done a little bit of research on that on the modern uh, baseball committee. We'll give you that as well. Plus, how the Jacob deGrom signing affects the Giants. Not directly, but I made a reference to this in the last podcast, and I'm going to make another reference to it in this podcast. But uh, before we get to all those things, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for hanging out. Make sure that you uh, join the uh, YouTube channel. All you got to do is search John Lund Unleashed, Barry of Sports Talk, and there we go. We got all the videos and everything up there. I love the comments on the last, on episode number 53, when we talked a lot about uh, Aaron Judge, tried to uh, respond to all those comments. Interact anytime with me, so hit the comments if, it, if you're on the YouTube channel and you're watching there, or just go to at uh, John Lund Radio on Twitter, Instagram, any of those places, and I will, uh, not only that, but if we're on the uh, YouTube channel, I'll put the best tweets up. If they're not tweets, then obviously we'll read them and we'll talk to them. And like I said, I'll try to get to all the comments pages. Listen to me my day job at KNBR Radio in San Francisco, KNBR 680, and the stream at KNBR.com. That's Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, plus on weekends. So today, Sunday, pre, half, and post game on the 49ers radio network, and you can hear that on KNBR in San Francisco. So thank you so much for hanging out. Let's start it here. Winter meetings start on Monday, but today, later today at least, the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee is going to vote on Hall of Famers. They can vote for as a few as zero and as many as three. And the group, and at, at first, let me back up for a second. At first, I thought that this was great news for Barry Bonds, although Barry Bonds was going to get in. I talked to a few people preliminarily and before we knew who the group was, and they said, hey, I think Barry Bonds has a shot at this thing. And then we came out with the group, and I'll just read the players to you because I don't know that the execs or the media members mean a whole lot, but they've got to get 12 of 16 votes here, so only four no's. Uh, Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six executives and three media members. And the reason I bring this up is because I've come to find out that essentially this is a group that is designed to get nice guys into the Hall of Fame, and that is Dale Murphy, Fred McGriff, and Don Manningly. Those three are going to get in. Uh, Not, as uh, one of my sources told me, not a-holes, quote-unquote, like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Albert Bell, and Rafael Palmero. And that's a quote, not the a-holes. Not that they said he was an a-hole, and the person I talked to said that, look, if I was voting for this, I would vote, for Barry Bonds, uh, it's it becomes and again, this is the safe sanctuary for for Barry Bonds in San Francisco. So if you're not a Bonds guy, if you're not in the Bay Area, I get it. Uh, we all we've gone through this a million times in sports radio. But Murphy, McGriff, and Manningly, even before everything that Barry Bonds did that was wrong, or Roger Clemens did that was wrong, uh, Murphy, McGriff, and Manningly can't even hold the jock of Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. But those three are going to get in. Barry Bonds aren't. Uh, because a number of those guys, Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan, Alan Trammell, have come out on public record and said they're not going to vote for guys to put him in the Hall of Fame. Plus, 
it's going to so it's not it's going to be three more years before this can happen, and it's going to take a group that is designed think of it like a juror in a court case. These are jurors, and this is all these though, and this is why I was optimistic for Barry. They are jurors of his peers. These are not the peers that are going to get him in. These are not the guys that are going to pound the table and say we want Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame because if you put Bonds in. You got to put Clemens in, and now there's two of your three guys because you can only vote for three. So this is a group designed to get Murphy, McGriff, and Mattingly in. That's what's going to happen. So that's first and foremost, and that's going to happen on Sunday today. Now, how Jacob DeGrom's deal affects the Giants, this to me is going to be the worst signing of the offseason, and it might be the worst signing of a few offseasons. Now, look, you might be able to go back on this, and I'll be on freezing cold takes. But the Rangers signed Jacob DeGrom to a five-year, $185 million contract that could potentially grow as high as $222 million if he stays healthy. Now, the reason this affects the Giants is not only this year, but the Texas Rangers are not a major market team, and yet last year they signed Corey Seager, the former Dodger, to a 10-year, $327 million contract. Next year, he's going to make 35 5 Marcus Simeon, the former A and Barry, a guy to a seven-year, one seventy-five. That's twenty-six million dollars a year that he's making. John Gray, four years, fifty-six million. That's twelve and a half. Jake Odorizzi still has one year and twelve and a half million dollars on his deal. And Martin Perez took the qualifying offer of one year, nearly twenty million dollars. And now they add Jacob Degrom at five one eighty-five. That's thirty-seven million dollars per. $37 million per. And so that's the last two seasons a team that does not have the resources financially of the Giants. They've signed those guys. And so when I hear these rumors that, well, the Giants can only add this much payroll, or if the Giants add Aaron Judge, then they can't add Carlos Correa, or they can't add one of the top pitchers, or they can't add Brandon Nimmo, or, or, or because they need a lot. We've had this conversation in previous podcasts they need a lot. They don't need just Aaron Judge. I showed you in the last podcast. Go back to episode 53, the last podcast I did uh, the day before yesterday. And you look at the lineup that MLB. In fact, I'll post it right now. There it is. Just a review for you. That's the lineup with Aaron Judge. He's not coming here. We went through a whole podcast about that. He's not coming here with that lineup that you just saw. But my point in bringing the Rangers up is if they can go Seager and Simeon and Gray in one offseason and then add... Jacob DeGrom the next offseason, don't tell me that the Giants can't add all the players they need to add. And plus, and again, we've gone through this in other podcasts, giving Jock $20 million when he is a DH and left-handed hitter and very limited when the Giants need to do the opposite. They need to get everyday players who can play on both sides of the ball, who can hit who can hit uh, uh, right-handed and left-handed pitching, who can play defense. Jock's none of those things. But I just gave you the payroll of the Texas Rangers. And next year, the highest paid player on the Giants as of this recording is Jock Peterson at 19.65, Craw at 16, Alex Wood at 14, D. Sclafani's got two and 24 left, 12 per. Let's take a pin in that. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And Tommy Listella finally, thank God, has one year and $11.5 million left on his deal. The six biggest contracts for the Giants total $73 million. Everybody else on the roster is an R player or making peanuts. And after next year, there's only a couple of contracts. D. Sclafani is one, and he'll have $12 million left on his deal. And Wilmer is going to have another left year left on his deal at six and a half. So they've got like $20 million committed to 2024. So there is no excuse 
to not sign the top players now to big contracts. Not just not just Aaron Judge, a number of top players. Because in 2024, it's Di Sclafani's 12 and Wilmer Flores' 6.5. That's it. That's it. Everybody else is an ARB guy or making peanuts. So Jacob DeGrom, five years, $37 million. He's going into his age 35 season, by the way. His last three seasons, not one season, last three seasons he's made 38 starts. Last year he made 11 and he pitched 64.1 innings. His last three years, 68, 92, and 64 innings pitched. The the Rangers aren't the Yankees. If they make a mistake on Jacob DeGrom, it could sink them. But you know what? They've done it the last two years. They're trying. Bruce Bochy is there. Good luck to Boch. I don't know that DeGrom going into his age 35 season is going to find the fountain of youth. If he does, great signing for the Rangers. But point in bringing DeGrom in, point in bringing the Rangers in, is don't tell me that the Giants can't do it. Don't tell me they can only sign Judge and then have that horrible, uh, pathetic lineup that just adds Judge in the middle of it, and he looks worse than Mike Trout. Mike Trout, for years, and we talked about it, has been doing that with the Angels, and they added Anthony Rendon, and they added Otani, and they haven't done anything different. Aaron Judge will not come here if that's the lineup. Now, the rumors that we're hearing going into the winter meetings as far as the Giants are concerned, uh, we'll start with pitching from a pitching standpoint. Uh, here's a tweet right here. Carlos Rodon, eight other teams. Eight other teams with Carlos Rodon. The Giants are in there, as you can see. Problem with Carlos Rodon is the Giants were apprehensive and are apprehensive with everybody to give them long-term contracts. They like flexibility. Farhan likes flexibility. He's going to get five years because you can't give me the injury excuse if I'm shopping Carlos Rodon and I'm his agent. Don't give me the injury excuse because the precedence that Jacob DeGrom just set at five years when he's as injury-prone as he is, and that's why I went over the injuries with DeGrom, as injury-prone as DeGrom is, five years for Carlos Rodon is completely fair because he had he has had injuries throughout his entire career, but he didn't last year with the Giants. So he's probably, according to projections, about $30 million per. The Giants got him for 22 per last year just for the one year, and then the player option, which he opted out of. He's going to get five and one fifty, and I don't see I I do not see Farhan and the Giants going five and one fifty on Carlos Rodon because if they would have, they would have tried to negotiate something during the season, and I just don't see him giving out a five year contract to him now. Uh, Verlander, by the way, we're hearing Yankees, Dodgers, and now Mets. Don't hear the Giants' names in in regards to uh, Verlander. That's a high AAV. That's like 40-plus. He's looking at maybe 42, 43. He wants what What we're hearing is he wants what uh, Max Scherzer got last year with the, the Mets in that range, and he wants three years. He wants about three years and $120 million, which right now the Astros are reluctant to do. Will the Yankees do that? Will the Mets now, because they have so much money anyway, they've got an owner that throws around money like it's Monopoly money, after he loses DeGrom, would he go out and spend that kind of money on Justin Verlander? Possibly. The name to watch for the Giants that we're hearing the most is Kodai Senga. Uh, he's coming over from Japan. Word is about four years and $72 million could get it done, so $18 million per. To you and I, woo, that's a ton of money. To <laughs> Kodai, to a guy like that, that's not. So $18 million is actually a bargain. I know. I hardly believe that's coming out of my mouth. Uh, talked to a couple of people on my radio show on KNBR. Six foot one eighty, going into his age thirty season. He was eleven and six with a one eighty nine. Struck at one hundred and fifty and one hundred and forty four innings. In Japan, you probably know this, but I'll remind you, uh, they don't even throw two hundred innings. 
Uh, they have six-man rotation. So he threw 144 innings. So that's one thing to watch. Has a four-pitch mix, and I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna show you this on video right now. He has a four-pitch mix and can throw his heater up to 99, sits around 96. But it's his splitter, and look at these swings from some of these uh, uh, Japanese hitters. His out pitch is a splitter, but it's really, I mean, it's a splitter technically, but it's called the ghost ball or the ghost fork ball. The ghost ball because it falls right off the table and you can't see it. You see some comical swings here. Uh, I don't know if he could do it at the major league level. Who knows? But more and more pitchers are coming from Japan and finding major league baseball success early in that process. There wasn't as much, but now there is. So Kodai Senga is a name that the Giants could be in on. And it makes a lot of sense because if they're going to go high-end on Judge, and if they're going to go high-end potentially on Correa, and we'll get to his name in just a second, then they're not going to have $30, $40 million. And that's why I'm talking about Rodon. Uh, Rodon's $30 million per over five. I just don't think they're going to do that. Even a guy, and we can move on to other pitchers, Chris Bassett at 34, I like him, but he's a $20 million a year guy. Uh, Three and 60 is what we're hearing his name. And then here comes some Farhan specials, which I don't know that Farhan specials are going to get done in the pitching market because remember, you have Alex Wood for one more year. You have Anthony DiScalfani for two more years. You have uh, Alex Cobb for one more year at $9 million, and then you have a team option, which they probably won't pick up. So those guys, at best, if healthy, are three, fours, and fives. I guess Cobb or Wood would be your three. I mean, I, I hope that Kyle Harrison can come up for the minors and be that. I don't know that he can at the beginning of the season. But you need a 1B. You need whatever a Carlos Rodon was last year to Logan Webb to compete in this division against the Dodgers and Padres. And the Arizona Diamondbacks have a really nice farm system, so they're they're coming. Maybe. I don't know. They never seem to be. But you've got quality pitching and quality hitting in this division with the Padres and the Dodgers, as you well know. And you need a 1B to Logan Webb. And I don't know if that's Kodai Senga, but I just showed you some of those cut-ups of his uh, fork ball, of his ghost ball. And apparently at age 30, and he's thrown a ton of innings over there. But uh, he's the guy that they're targeting because they realize if they go out and they get Aaron Judge, and if they try to get after Carlos Correa, then you're looking at, and I saw Correa's number, and we'll get into Correa in a second. I saw Correa's number being projected at 10 and 327. So you're going to go 10 and 327 on him at 33 a year roughly and potentially anywhere from 37 to $40 million on Aaron Judge, you're going to have to get discounted pitching, which I know $18 million isn't discounted, but it's not Carlos Rodon's 30 either. So that's as far as the pitching goes. Oh, by the way, I was going to give you this. Uh, Andrew Haney was 4-4 four and four with a 310 and 14 starts uh, with the Dodgers. He's about $10 million projected. Taiwan Walker was 12-5 and five with a free, uh, 349, 29 starts, $10 million projected. He's 30. And one Farhan special that's interesting Michael Waka, the former Cardinal, 11 and two with a 3.32 with in 23 starts in Boston. He's 31 years old. He's an eight to 10 million dollar guy for a year as well. And the reason why, as you well know, as a Giants fan, those guys would appeal to Farhan. A, they're kind of reclamation project types, or they can take them to a next level. And they're probably one year guys. Maybe in Walker's case, a couple of years. But I think in uh, Andrew Haney and Michael Walker's case, probably one-year guys around $10, $12 million tops. And that would appeal to the Giants, especially if they go out and they overspend potentially on other positions. Uh, one relief pitcher rumor that you may have heard, Kenley Jansen, two-year deal offer. 
from the Giants. Haven't seen any numbers. Did save 41 games last year for the Braves, but many were of the nail-biting variety. Uh, I don't know about you, at John Lund Radio, or hit the comments section here on the YouTube page. Uh, I have nothing against anybody because they were a former Dodger. I don't. Uh, we're going to get into some other positions. Car- we'll give you an update on Cody Bellinger in a minute. I don't care where a guy played. And generally speaking, once he gets here and plays, and if he plays well, you probably don't care either. Hit me up, at John Lund Radio. Uh, let's go to Carlos Correa because I told you we would. Let me throw this graphic up here. This is from uh, Jim Bowden, a guy that we often have on our KNBR show, and he's very good because he's honest. He talks to the right people, lives down in Florida, uh, ran the Reds and the Nationals, if you didn't know. And um, he's got the Giants' most likely big expenditure this offseason is Carlos Correa. And you see there, 10 and 327. I don't know that the Giants would go that far. And again, the reason I'm so skeptical every time and I bring up the amount of years is because Farhan just hasn't done it. And again, I'm previewing the winter meetings, and maybe something gets done, maybe not. They're saying Aaron Judge, it could get done quickly. And I'm not saying that Carlos Correa is a backup plan. I'm saying Carlos Correa and Aaron Judge. Because the Padres, again, talking about position players, there was a rumor that they could be in on Trey Turner now. And they've already got Juan Soto, and they already have Tatis, who they probably are going to move to the outfield to put less strain on him. But they've already got Tatis. They've already got Juan Soto. They've already got Manny Machado. And then, again, to, to make the same reference I did with the Rangers, they don't have the financial wherewithal that the, that the Giants do. So I don't want to hear that they can't spend because they can. And I gave you the numbers about it. Uh, in regards to Correa, as you see on there, 10 and 327 is what uh, Jim Bowden says. And then to as far as the shortstop, the reason I bring up Correa often is because what we're hearing as far as rumors on the shortstops are concerned Turner, Phillies, that's the connection. Uh, Dansby Swanson, the latest, we're hearing Cubs. The Cubs are going to get aggressive with one of these shortstops. And we're hearing Dansby Swanson could be the apple of their eye. Have not heard much on Xander Bogarts. Uh, the Twins are trying hard, by the way, to keep Correa and get Correa back. Uh, here's the latest on Judge. You see that? That's from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. And he's, as you well know, dialed in. This is not a surprise at all, and I said it in my last podcast. It was going to take at least nine years, if not ten, on Judge. He's saying that uh, nine is likely a requirement. Duh. Uh, I told you that you had to knock out the champ. Eight years for Aaron Judge was not going to get it done, not for the Yankees, not for the Giants. Uh, If the Giants want Aaron Judge, as I told you in the last podcast, the Fatal Flaw podcast that I did, episode 53, uh, the lineup that I continue to show you that – just sticks Aaron Judge into a lineup that couldn't get it done last year. That's not going to get it done. And so it's got to be Correa. You see there, it's a ninth year is what Rosenthal says. If it's a ninth year, then for the Giants to knock out the champ, it probably has to be a tenth year. And it probably can't be $37.5 million. It probably has to be closer to forty. So do you want to go ten and close to four hundred on Aaron Judge for the Giants? Again, I'll believe it when I see it with Farhan Zaidi. I just don't think he will. Uh, would, would then he load up on guys like Correa? But I I would think you'd want it to be Judge and Correa, not Judge or Correa. But if it has to be Correa, then you have to go in another direction with the other guys. Uh, other names that we're hearing, and this is an interesting one to me, and I said it on my KNBR show early in last baseball season, trying to right a wrong, which is Brian Reynolds on Saturday. Uh, all the number, all the days run together. On Saturday, Brian Reynolds, fine center fielder for the Pirates requested a trade. They were trying to get an extension done with him. And look, they're the Pirates. They're not getting an extension done with him. 
And so he's a former giant second round pick. You probably know that and it makes you sick to your stomach like it does me that he was traded in the Andrew McCutcheon trade from the Giants to the Pirates. Could they uh, revisit that situation and try to wrong that right? He would be expensive as far as prospects are concerned. But if I'm the Giants and I can get Aaron Judge in right and Brian Reynolds in center, he's an above-average center fielder by the metrics. And if you just watch the damn game, he is. He hit 27 home runs last year in what was termed a down year. So if you have Brian Reynolds in center and Aaron Judge in right, and, Carl, and, and Reynolds doesn't make a ton, and this is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to make some free agent moves, and if they want to get Judge and Correa and Kodai Singa, then they're going to have to make some smart moves and still add, and Brian Reynolds is a guy who still are, is an ARB guy and next year is projected to make under $10 million. So for me and you, $10 million is a bunch of money. For a quality guy, you can possibly hit 25 home runs, even in Oracle Park. That's what you have to do. They have to start looking at some trades, and I'll get into a couple of trades at the end of the podcast today. But, again, just to reiterate, Judge, nine years, probably 10 years uh, for that deal, and Reynolds owed just $6.75 million, and he's under club control until 2025, so it would take a lot. Uh, Other people that we're hearing, other players that we're hearing, yep, you knew I was going to pop that up there. That's Cody Bellinger. There's about 11 teams and I saw some video today. He's at Oklahoma State actually working with Matt Holiday, the former Cardinal. And his kid, uh, Jackson Holiday, was a top pick in the uh, Major League Baseball draft. He's with the Orioles. So I don't know if Matt Holiday's trying to get Bellinger to the Cardinals, which Matt Holiday has some connections with, or to the Orioles. I really don't know, but he is working out and trying to work on that swing. He's a guy that I would absolutely look out if I was the Giants. Farhan knows him. Uh, Gabe Kapler knows him, so there is a connection there. It would just be a one-year deal, which is something that the Giants like as well. And again, I guess if you if you got Brian Reynolds and you had Aaron Judge, that wouldn't be a guy that you'd look at. But if you're not getting a Brian Reynolds, Cody Bellinger still is a quality center fielder. Uh, they have an address first base as well, so he could potentially look at a spot like that. But Bellinger I'd be interested in. And as you see in that graphic, the Giants are one of 11 teams that are looking at that. So... Your dream offseason as we head into the winter meetings on Monday. You know, Judge is probably going to cost you 38, at least 9, 10 years. Correa's looking at 33. Senga's looking at 18. Brian Reynolds would make 7. I'm not putting all these guys on the team. Bellinger would probably make 12 to 15. Jansen would probably make 12. And the question would be how much can they jack up their payroll? Because as of right now, with everybody kind of scrambling around, they're around 150, 160. Luxury tax is 33. So they're not going to go over the luxury tax of, uh, of 233, I should say. The luxury tax is 233. They're not going to go above that. So you'd be looking at try, increasing the payroll potentially, what, $80 bucks. I don't know if the, the, if the Giants would even go $80 million. But some of the names to watch, I gave you those as well. By the way, Brandon Nimmo's name keeps coming up with the Giants as well, which I don't have a problem with. Although I did talk to Jim Bowden earlier this uh, offseason, and he said he thinks Nimmo's more of a left fielder than a center fielder. I didn't look at the numbers, but uh, I would think he could play center, especially in this park. Two trade candidates that you should look at, and I mentioned Brian Reynolds real quick uh, before we get out of here, and I'll, I'll continue to keep these updated throughout the week, by the way, here on uh, Unleashed with me, John Lund from Cambria Radio in San Francisco. We'll keep you up to date on everything that we're hearing from afar on the Giants, the baseball insiders, all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
look at the Brewers. They've already moved Colton Wong, in which the uh, Giants were apparently uh, interested in. He went to the Mariners. I'm glad they didn't trade for him, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think he's much better than Tyro Estrada. His offensive numbers were much better than they've been in a couple of years. His defensive metrics, depending on what you believe, but he was the worst defensive second baseman, according to the metrics in the National League. The Giants already have the worst defensive positions covered. Thank you very much. They don't need more of that. The Brewers, though, are moving pieces. They've already moved Wong. They've already moved Hunter Renfro. Um, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Burns was 12-8 with a 294 and an 097 whip and struck out 11 per, uh, per nine. Brandon Woodruff, we know him, 13-4 with a 305. He struck out 11 over nine. So those two guys, if the Brewers are moving those guys, and again, I'm talking about a 1B to Logan Webb's 1A. If they're moving one of those two guys, the Giants should be interested in that uh, scenario. And another trade position player that's interesting, and again, these probably are backup plans. Not backup plan if you get Aaron Judge, but who's going to play center? The Giants like versatile players. Ian Happ of the Cubs, one year left on his deal, had a career year with the 17 homers, the 72 RBIs. It depends. Do you believe that, and he's a former top 10 pick of the Cubs, do you believe that Ian Happ is a guy that is going to, is starting to ascend or just had a career year? I think he's starting to ascend. Uh, I've watched him for a long time. I watched him a lot last year. Uh, the Cubs were in town. I had a chance to actually talk to him. Um, he went to the same school as Kevin Euclid, who's a friend of mine at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, Euclid is a fan. I like this guy. I think he's a great guy in the clubhouse as well. And I think he'd be a guy who could be a versatile player. And he's a good defensive outfielder. I wouldn't say he's uh, outstanding. I think he's above average, which is something that the uh, Giants need. But they could use his versatility as well. And he's a good clubhouse presence if it didn't cost too much. And Ian Happ is in the prime of his career at 28. If you listen to my podcast with any regularity, the Giants have a bunch of old guys. They have a bunch of young guys that we're supposed to get excited about. They don't have players in the prime of their career that can play every day. Ian Happ is a switch hitter that can play multiple positions, who's 28, who's in the prime of his career. So that's a trade candidate as well for you to check out. I think that's it. We took you through everything. That's the latest we know. And like I said, we will keep you up to date on everything that's going on through the winter meetings, which start on Monday. So there's a quick recap of where we are right now. That is episode 54, a primer for the winter meetings in San Diego, which start on Monday. John Lund, KMBR Radio in San Francisco. That is Unleashed, various sports talk with me, John Lund. By the way, I'll be at Levi's Stadium, so if you're a Niners fan, I'll be at Levi's Stadium Sunday. Come by the pregame show. We'll be out right out there. And then uh, after, halftime and after, I'll be there as well. That is episode 54, a primer for the meetings, for the baseball winter meetings. I'm John Lund. Episode 54, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.